Holy franchise killer Batman! Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and one of my guilty pleasure movies. Now I know this movie gets a lot of hate and indeed it deserves it to a point. However, I'm going to put it to you that this is a 90s take on Batman 66 aka Adam West's Batman. Where anything can and did happen and Batman had a gadget for everything looking at you. Bat Shark Repellent. However, in saying that, this wasn't made as a movie first, then the merchandise came second. No, this is one huge toy advert, and that's why there's several bat vehicles, at least two different outfits for each of the bat family, and multiple outfits for the villains. And for that, I cannot defend. Before you lynch me for trying to defend this turkey, I know this is a bad movie and it killed the Bat franchise for 8 years, but think about it, if it wasn't for the failure of this one, you wouldn't have had no one's Batman. So let's see why this $125 million toy advert disappointed so many. So strap on your cape and cull, it's Batman and Robin, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Uma Thurman, Alicia Silverstone and Michael Goff, directed by Joel Schumacher. The plot, oh god do I have to, this movie is batshit crazy, okay if I must. Batman and Robin have their hands full dealing with Gotham City's newest supervillains, Mr. Freeze, a man who must keep his body below zero at all times, Poison Ivy, a woman with poisonous lips and a passion to make the planet green again, and Bane, a super strong but ultimately dumb luchador wrestler who's Ivy's muscle. However, all is not lost for the dynamic duo as they become the Bat Family with the addition of Batgirl. Can the Bat Family stop the poisonous frozen duo before Gotham and indeed the world is doomed? I want to think about Alfred being sick too, but that's a afterthought I guess. Hmm, because it won't sell toys now, what? And before I dive into this movie, I want to say I'm a huge Batman fan. Indeed, this is my second Batman movie I saw in the cinema. The first being Batman Forever and I want to point out it was that movie that sowed the seeds for this movie, with Jim Carrey's OTT performance as Riddler and Tom Lee Jones's Harry acting as Two-Face. Also, that movie shifted a boatload of toys, so that is why Schumacher, which I'm going to call the Michael Bay of the 90s, was allowed to go so out there with this bloody movie. The movie opens up on a Warner Brothers sign morphing into the bat signal and then freezing over. Up comes the names with Schwarzenegger being above Clooney only the second time in bat history, the first time being Jack Nicholson. And so he should be, he got 25 million dollars for six weeks work. And most of the time you see Freeze on, on screen is not Schwarzenegger, but one of the 11 stand-ins. Jesus fuck, I want his agent, Jesus jinkies man. Almost as bad as Jack Nicholson who got a ridiculous 50 million dollars plus a cut of both Batman Returned and Batman Forever. Jesus Christ. After the many cast names are shown, does the Bat sign and Robin signal fly out of red mist and should not be in green to form the Bat Family signal or sign? Not a minute into this movie, do we get shots of the Bat butt as this was Schumacher's attempt to make this all sexy? Hmm. Yes, well, you feel the Schumacher makes up was not fucking sexy at all, not subtle. As Batman, played by George Clooney, an actor I never got why he was so fucking popular, star of ER and the Oceans franchise, and Robin, played once again by Chris O'Donnell, whose career took a nosedive after this movie, but thankfully is now back on track with NCIS New Orleans, gets dressed in their shiny rubber suits with bat nipples and stuffed cod pieces. Looking at you, Clooney. 
once armed with multiple bat gadgets all available separately for your toys. Hey, do we get a look at the truly hideous new Batmobile? And note, this is the only Batmobile to have only one seat, as the rest of Batmobiles had multiple seats. So, with the music swelling and a neon light monstrosity rising, we get the first of the bad jokes in this as Robin pipes up, I want a car, chicks love the car, with Batman quipping, this is why Superman looks alone, not anymore he doesn't mate, with the shiny new DCU, with Batman roaring off in the totally exposed neon nightmare, does Robin's motorbike rise with a little fanfare and he just roars off, and note, long gone has the scary Batmobile, it is now a bloody 17 foot plus neon hideousness with a red flashing light at the front and Batman's head is totally exposed. A great car there mate. <clears throat> Leaving behind an elderly looking and sick Alfred, played again for the final time by Michael Goff. He is one of only two actors to appear in this entire Bat franchise. On Batmobile's video phone do we see Commissioner Gordon, played again and for the final time by Pat Hingle, the only other actor to appear in all four of these Batman movies as he tells them about the new villain, Mr. Freeze, taking of the museum and stealing diamonds. Cue Schwarzenegger's cool performance that got a chiller reception as Mr. Freeze, the armour-wearing, freezer-wielding supervillain who must keep himself at or under zero degrees at all times. Yet, in this movie, he isn't wearing the fishbowl-style helmet as his head, on his head rather, as every other time I've seen Mr. Freeze wearing this thing. Hmm, and note this costume is, Arnie is wearing, is weighing in at over 50 pounds and a mixture of aluminium and 2,500 neon lights, also plastic, which apparently cut into Arnie's body. Hmm. And note, all of these outfits were exceptionally heavy. The Batsuit was 60 pounds, Robin's was 50 something pounds and Batgirl's was 35 pounds. Bane's was a ridiculous 70 to 75 I believe with that big stupid tank on the back of his back. <laughs> anyway, moving on. After one of Freeze's cold puns, one of 87 in this bloody movie, does Freeze well freeze a garden place, only for Batman to come smashing through the skylight and skateboard down the back of a dinosaur statue, Fred Flintstone style, dropkicking the huge diamond out of Freeze's hands. Just then, Robin bursts in through the door on his motorbike, making the Robin sign in the door as it smashes through kicking F Freeze's free tray gun out of his hand and somehow managed to land it up on the statue, perfectly sitting vertically, okay then, horizontally even, okay then. Then it's a straight up Batman 66 style fight as Batman and Robin fight Freeze's hockey goons as they play for the diamond, okay this is right out of Batman 60s. In fact, I'm surprised Schumacher didn't add in the zoink boom bash and effects on screen as Batman and Robin skate around the room on their bat skates that come out of their boots. Okay then. During all this, Freeze is after his freeze gun, taking on the useless guards. Okay, that's something that the villains rarely did in the 60s Batman. They mostly hid behind their goons, throwing stuff such as Vincent Price's turn as Egghead, where he would throw around egg and egg-related puns. He gets his gun back, freezes a dinosaur statue with a bad pun and runs for it. Just as Robin gets a diamond from one of his goons. With the dinosaur statue falling to pieces, Freeze makes it to his Freezemobile and runs off with the diamond he somehow managed to get back from Robin. Note, this Freezemobile is one of only two and is an electric buggy in essence. 
with over 12,000 neon lights on it. The other one was three times as big and as new as an only one scene as it smashes through a brick wall. The freeze mobile turns into a rocket ship which Batman swings into and is instantly stuck to the wall by Freeze's freeze ray. So it's down to Robin to de-ice Batman and go after Freeze just as the rocket takes off. Okay, here I can't define this CGI which is in this scene which is piss poor as Batman and Robin have to use the doors of the rocket to sky surf after Freeze jumps out with the diamonds using his suit to glide after blowing up the rocket. Unfortunately, Batman clips his wings and they free fall into a furnace with Freeze freezing it to break his fall. This right here is why you shouldn't give a former costume designer free run to do whatever the fuck he wants with over a hundred million dollars. Keeping in mind, Schumacher calls the CGI voodoo on the behind the scenes and had no clue how the fuck this was actually done. In fact, it actually says in the behind the scenes DVD that Schumacher would often sit on top of a crane and just bark orders as he knocks back his espresso. Okay then, great director there then mate. Hmm. Anyway, they land, Robin acts all brash and runs straight into the fight Freeze, so Freeze just freezes him in place and runs off. It's down to Batman to use the bat heat gun to unfreeze some water, heat it up and defrost the Robinsicle, much to his annoyance. So, it's here the three times the size Freeze Mobile, which according to the bind of scenes could never fit in the bloody set, is used to smash through a real brick wall. However, halfway across the world, in a snake pen slash lab, do we meet Dr. Pamela Isley, aka Poison Ivy, played by Irma Thurman, star of Kill Bill, The Avengers, no, not that one, and Pulp Fiction, who is trying to mix rattlesnakes with plants so they can fight back against mankind. You caring clearly a fucking few bulbs short of a bloody full display there, love. Hmm. Note, Uma Thurman wanted to dress as dowdy as possible to here to show the difference between Dr. Isley and the outrageously camp Poison Ivy, uh, which by the end of this movie would make a drag queen say, far too much makeup honey, far too much makeup. Next door to her is Dr. Woodrow's lab, played by John Glover, star of Gremlins 2, a movie I covered last year, check my archives. And Smallville, he uses Dr. Isley's snake venom to somehow make a super soldier serum. Mm. As a prisoner is brought in, Antonio Diego, aka Bane, played by a former wrestler, Jeep Swenson, who was a WCW wrestler apparently, hmm. and died two months after this film was finished. He has turned from skinny weakling into muscle-bound but ultimately dumb, super strong Bane, much to the fans' dismay, as Bane was supposed to be as smart if not smarter than Batman and not just some muscle-bound idiot. Dr. Isley sees this and is ultimately killed by Dr. Woodrow, by pushing her into her own poison vats, which sink into earth, so she is somehow reborn as Poison Ivy, with a killer kiss and new flowing ginger hair. With Hammy way over the top acting, she kisses him and ultimately poisons him to death. Taking Bane with her, she heads to Gotham to kill Bruce Wayne, as Woodrow was using Wayne Tech. You know, maybe Bruce should actually keep his eye on Wayne Tech's R&D department. First Riddler, now Poison Ivy. That's just callous, mate, you know. Hmm. And I should say, Jeep Swenson was in makeup for up to three hours a day and had to have his hair shaved off his entire upper body daily. And the suit, as I said earlier, weighed 25 to 30 pounds, minus that stupid tank thing. 
og Andeskani Antonio Diego is played by Michael Reed McKay of X-Men 2. As this is happening in the Batcave, as Robin is still defrosting, Bruce is using the Batcomputer to look up Dr. Victor Freeze, that's F-R-I-E-S. Backstory, aka Mr. Freeze. He's a two-time Olympic decathlon and Nobel Prize winning molecular biologist, working on a cure for his wife's rare disease, McGregor Syndrome. He falls into a vat of cryosolution and boom, Mr. Freeze is born. Okay then, like I said, this is very Batman 66. In fact, Batman 66 can eat your bloody heart out as there's no chance in hell Schwarzenegger is a bloody molecular biologist for fuck's sake. Did I mention we're about 20 minutes into this fucking turkey and we still have about another hour and 40 minutes left? This is a two hour and five minute fucking movie. This could have been cut by 30 minutes. Anywho, note this movie could have been much more worse as Schumacher wanted Hulk Hogan to play Freeze, so bloody count your blessings there mates. So Bruce wants to set a trap for Freeze using the Wayne Diamonds as Freeze's suit runs on diamonds to keep him ice cold. However, only after Dick Grayson aka Robin spends 10 plus hours in a fight simulator as he was a naughty boy almost getting himself killed by being too headstrong and brash. This of course pisses off Robin as he's supposed to be 20 even though Chris O'Donnell was 27 and this thing starts off the whiny mopey, money, bloody Robin. Because even after several years of teaming up with Bruce, Batman does not trust Robin. And note, Chris O'Donnell was signed up to play Nightwing after this movie, but due to this tanking, it was cancelled and so was several other Batman movies. On to Freezy's hideout, which is an unused ice cream factory. Again, very 60s Batman. As he makes his goons sing an old advert jingle to keep themselves from freezing, as his hideout has to be kept below zero, and spot Vivica A. Fox playing, and I can't believe his name for this, misbehaving as Freezy's wannabe squeeze. She's wearing nothing but a plastic fur lined raincoat, bra, and knickers, yet it's supposed to be under zero, and she'll be freezing her tits off. As indeed, this is shown all the goons are wearing Arctic wear and still freezing their arse off. Okay then. Also, they're eating literal frozen dinners, because that's funny, right? Mr. Freeze has no interest in her ever, and says he only has love for his wife. Yet earlier, he says to Batman, he has no emotions whatsoever. And I love how Freeze is supposed to be kept at ice cold all times, yet Arnie is sitting there chomping on cigars. After Freeze explains his plan to freeze Gotham with his new Freeze Ray to hold it hostage to get money in order to find a cure for his wife, but wait, doesn't your bloody suit run on diamonds? Why not just sell the diamonds on bloody black market and get the money instead of using them to fucking power your suit, you moron? And yes, he's supposed to be a bloody molecular biologist. Okay then. So Freeze goes into his secret compartment where his wife is being kept to tell her they will be together again soon. So in Freeze's eye, he's not a villain, but a good guy. Hmm. And note, the woman in the water watery tube wasn't a dummy but was a real actress, the poor bloody woman, who had to spend hours underwater. The next morning at Wayne Manor, Barbara Wilson aka Batgirl and not Barbara fucking Gordon, who was Commissioner Gordon's daughter and indeed was turned into Oracle after Joker shot her in the back and raped her. 
but in this one she's called Barbara Wilson, who kidding, played by Alicia Silverstone, star of Clueless, she's up looking for Alfred, see, she's kinda his niece, and she's upset that the ill Alfred is being kept as a Bruce's slave. And I won't go into how the press called her, quote, fat girl, because she put on less than £5 and had to have her outfit taken out once or twice. Which Schumacher did her no favours by telling the press she put a little weight on due to her love of pizza. And how it was mostly female reporters that said this. And I hate how this world has a double standard for women and men. That if you're slim, you're called skinny and unhealthy. If you're too fat, you're called chunky and unfit. It's the same with men. You're either super hunky or a fat couch potato. There is no middle ground. And I say, fuck that. As long as you're happy and healthy in your body, you do you. I will say, however, Silverstone's British accent is terrible, right up there with Keanu Reeves in Dracula, as well as the worst ever. Move aside, Dick Van Dyke. We quickly get her backstory that she's Alfred's niece from Alfred's sister, Margaret, or Peggy, who died five years earlier in a car crash, and Alfred has been keeping her in the made-up school of Oxbridge Academy ever since. She spots Dick's motorbike and is thrilled to see it, however, tells Alfred she won't be riding it as she's indeed terrified of them. So later that night, it shows Alfred trying to find his brother, Wilfred, to take over from him after he dies. After a quick chat about family, the thread of this movie, Barbara runs off and steals one of Robin's bikes to street race. It turns out she's not sweet in this after all, but a rebel street hustler slash racer, who is a hacker also. How very 90s of this movie. Next morning, Ivy and Bane arrive in Gotham. Hearing over the radio, Bruce will be at the Gotham Observatory, Hand over money, so she races there over. Spot Elle McPherson playing Julie Madsen, one of Bruce's girlfriends. And note, this is the only movie to date that doesn't have Bruce Wayne's girlfriends used as a plot point. At a press conference for Wayne's new telescope, a plot point much later in the movie, it shows the telescope is linked to multiple satellites around the globe. Bruce comes face to face with Poison Ivy, cleverly disguised as Dr. Isley, even though she's wearing head to toe and a fucking terrible blonde wig. She hands him a report detailing how Wayne Enterprises can stop polluting the Earth now and it all can be reversed. Ah, the 90s climate change panic. Too little, well too late. Even if we stopped right now and using fossil fuels, it would take the planet 200 plus years to reverse what damage the Victorians did, let alone us. Wayne says no to not using fossil fuels, add no to food preservatives, as millions, if not billions, would die. However, Pamela seems to be fine with this, so he hands her an invite to an auction for Gotham Botanical Gardens, and why? This, of course, pisses her off, so she puts her plan into action to kill Batman Robin, and then Mankind, using her hybrid snake plant creatures. Freeze finds out about the auction, so crashes it and the trap is sprung. With the party in full swing as African dancers swing around on vines, the Commissioner Gordon shows off the huge ruby and diamond necklace. Poison Ivy and Bane crash the party dressed as gorillas and interrupt the sexist beds of women to horny old rich men. She does her best Barbarella impersonation by stripping out of her ridiculous pink gorilla outfit and then blows her ivy dust around the room, making all the men fall in love with her. She makes it to the stage and pits Batman against Robin with more dust. And here it is, the notorious Bat credit card scene. 
as the mostly male crowd go into a bidding frenzy. Just then, Freezy's car smashes through the door, and how the hell did it get up there because it's shown it's on a bloody rooftop? The botanical gardens are on top of a bloody roof. How the hell did he get this tank-like car up this bloody building? He freezes the crowd, so Batman knocks his ray gun out of his hands, and yes, you guessed it, yet another Batman 66 style fight, minus the bad sound effects. Poison Ivy tries her dust on Freeze, but to no effect, as he tells her he is indeed cold-hearted, steals the diamond necklace off her neck, he then just drives off in a Freeze-mobile. Batman and Robin give chase in the Batmobile and Robin cycle, leaving dozens of people frozen solid with no way of defrosting and only 12 minutes to do so. Well done there, Batman. Anyway, the dynamic duo give chase on their Bat vehicles. As Freeze freezes a statue, smashing through it to escape, I gotta say, this escape scene looks cheap. These CGI cars look like they're little toys and not actual vehicles. Anyway, Batman turns off Robin's motorbike, remotely trying to stop him from chasing Freeze in a jump he could never make, as indeed two of Freeze's gun cars smash into the building and blow up, and indeed Freeze barely makes it himself. Freeze then frees the Batmobile in midair, but Batman ejects and swoops down, somehow knocking out Freeze. Back at the Batcave, Robin is super pissed. Batman shut down his bike. The next all jealous when Ivy's name is said, so much so he storms off to sulk in his bedroom. Again, this is a whiny, bloody millennial-style Robin. It then shows Alfred emailing Wilfred for help. And note, Alfred's computer was a prototype Apple Mac, sold later on that year, if not the year after. As a 25th anniversary Apple Mac, apparently. Hmm. Later that night, Robin catches Barbara, or Babs I'm going to call her, stealing a bike, so off they go into the night for a race. Meanwhile, at Arkham Asylum, Freezer is wheeled in to his cell Hannibal Lecter style, except in a freezer and not a jack, and he's placed in his cell, spot Jesse Ventura as a prison guard, and this is now the third time Ventura has starred with Schwarzenegger in a movie. The other two are Running Man and Predator. Freeze tries to escape but can't leave the one teeny wee cold zone in his cell, so it's stuck there. It then shows Ivy making her lair in an old Turkish bath after Bane cleans out the squatters and note these neon punks are from Batman Forever. With that, Bane smashes the water pipe, then the tile floor so Ivy can plant her seeds which they grow into her lair. In some terrible CGI, the vines go all around Ivy and Bane. As this is happening, Babs and Dick sneak off to a street race with multiple gangs, including a clockwork orange reject one, and spot Coolio as the quote banker holding the race purse. The race, of course, is fixed as the gang kicks each other off their bikes. One even throws firebombs in front of Dick and Babs, causing them to skid off and almost fall to their deaths on an unfinished bridge. Luckily, Dick stops just before falling and catches Babs last second, saving her. And boom, they're now in love. Back at Wade Manor, Babs tells Dick she's been kicked out of school for street racing, but it doesn't matter, as she can now buy Alfred from Bruce to get him away from being Bruce's slave. And I've got to agree with her, this huge mansion has only one bloody butler. Even in the 60s Batman TV show, there was an aunt, something or other. Oh, dear God, moving on. It is here she drops the bombshell that Alfred is sick. Bruce comes out of the shadows and tells Dick he knows Alfred is sick and is indeed dying. Back at Arkham, after Freeze makes a snow globe for his wife, Ivy, now dressed in a 
PVC green cat suit with her head up in two horns and why the fuck horns? She blows dust into the guards, kisses them and kills them as down in a criminal property locker spot Riddle's outfit as well as Two Faces as well as Toy Master's doll, Clock King's clock, Music Master's saxophone and Skikro's hood. Bane breaks in to steal Freeze's suit. Ivy proposes a truce and team up with Freeze just as Bane runs in with Freeze's outfit on a shopping trolley and I stop this movie and almost die of laughing. This movie is fucking goddamn ridiculous. He's just running around the corner with a shopping trolley full of plastic fucking iron, oh not iron, aluminium suit, okay then. Freeze uses the last of his freeze power to escape and yes you guessed it, another icy pun. Back at Wayne Manor, Bruce asks Alfred if it is true he is indeed sick and he will get him the best doctors with Alfred saying he has already seen the best doctors and there is no hope. More touching family stuff, trying to humanise Batman, which won't work, he's supposed to be the Dark Knight, not Nightlight. Robin runs in to tell Bruce Freeze has escaped and cut to Freeze's hideout surrounded by cops as Batman and Robin snoop around. Gordon tells them Ivy is from Central America and she is indeed dangerous as she has killed several people including kissing them with the weird toxic kiss she has. It's also here Robin tells Batman he feels nothing for her which was weird because less than 24 hours earlier she was all he could think of with Batman saying he feels the same however and using a bad flubber pun such as great buds and nice stems however. Very Batman 66. Batman finds Freeze's secret compartment and his wife's icy tomb. He also finds out, handy for him, that Freeze has the cure for stage 1 McGregor syndrome. The same thing Alfred has. Handy that. Freeze and Ivy find him snooping so she uses her dust on him to distract him away as Freeze gets his diamonds for his suit, which he does by turning the freezer on in his hideout, freezing the cops instantly. Literally with a huge switch that says, heater on, freezer on. Off right, what the hell it was. <clears throat> Moving on. Batman and Robin head into the basement and deal with Bane. He makes short work of Robin, so he's sent flying into Poison Ivy's clutches. Thurman here channeling her best Earther kit for Ivy's voice. She blows dust into his face and is about to kiss him until Batman breaks up. So she tries it on him, using the line, there's something about an anatomically correct suit that puts fire in a girl's lips. God, that was awful. This pissed me off in the cinema back in 1987 as I wanted to see Bane at least giving Batman a backbreaker, but nope. Freeze gets his super free free just as Gordon turns the heating back on and his men all attack at once getting drop kicked down a stair and they all fall domino style because that's funny right back with ivy she blows yet more dust in robin's face sparking off his jealous side after batman stops him from kissing with that batman dumps robin in an ice cream vat to cool off upstairs ivy turns freeze's wife's life support machine off Somehow managed to get past dozens of police. Hey, what am I saying? These are all men, and besides, the Gotham police force is next to bloody useless. A back at Ivy's lair, she tells Freeze Batman killed his wife, so this sparks off Freeze's plan to freeze Gotham City and indeed the world. 
at Wayne Manor as Alfred lies in his deathbed and my god that was quick. One minute it's Robin's just like you, only following a different star. Next minute he's dying. A doctor tells Dick and Babs it's stage one McGregor syndrome and nothing can be done. Yet more infighting with Batman and Robin, with Robin saying he wants a Robin sign in the sky. On his deathbed, Alfred gives Babs a disc, telling her to find his brother, telling her not to open a disc under any circumstances. At the observatory party for the shiny new telescope, Ivy uses her dust on Gordon to tell her where the bat signal comes from. With that, and Bane's help, she turns the bat signal into a Robin one, causing yet more infighting with Batman and Robin. During all this, Babs opens the discs, disc even, and hacks it using her super hacking powers to find the world's worst password. Seriously, this is the keys to the Batcave and Batman's secret, and the password is PEG. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, with all of Batman's secrets poured onto her face, all the specs for vehicles, uh, the suits, hell I'm guessing what side Batman dresses, she just stares into mid-space, slack-jawed. With Bane in the back of Freeze's Freeze-mobile, they head to the telescope to use it as his super freeze-ray, and he uses Bane to plant bombs. Babs finds the Batcave and has little to no reaction, then a CGI Alfred head pops up and tells her he has made her a suit. Ooh, get in. With the Robin signal in the sky, Robin runs off to deal with Ivy himself, and she nearly kills him twice, first by kissing him, however he's wearing plastic lips, and then by throwing him in, throwing him in the pool as the vines wrap around his body and pull into the water. Just then, Batgirl smashes it through the roof and what is it with the bat family and smashing through fucking roofs and she takes on ivy and i got to say ivy's final outfit here is so bad even a dragoon would blush she's wearing so much makeup and hair extensions it's unreal and indeed this took an hour and 50 minutes to get ready just her hair and face that is and i've got to say robin tricks her into telling him freezy's plan to freeze gotham also, Batman shows up, but is wrapped up in vines in seconds. So, it's down to Batgirl to deal with Ivy and her whip. Batman uses the bat buzzsaw to get free. With a few spin kicks from Batgirl, she kicks Ivy into her throne and Audrey too eats her. But why? Robin, someone gets into the pool even though he had vines wrapped all around his body and was underwater for a good few bloody minutes. And... Batman finally cuts through the vines using his mini buzzsaw. They find out Babs... Babs's name is Batgirl, and they run off deal with Freeze. Yet more ice puns from Arnie, as he starts to freeze Gotham City in some truly awful CGI effects. Just then, the Bat family shop riding their snow skis, and while they were at the Batcave, they changed into some shiny silver suits. So that's at least two sets of toys you'll have to buy for little Jimmy then. Hmm. Batman takes out Freeze's Freemobile after a gun fires it at the Bat snowmobile by deflecting it and using a bat shield and a freeze ray freezes the truck and the tank blows up. Batman and family make it to the teles telescope and note Batgirl is wearing a cow for one scene because the toy company needed it for make more toys and that is truly shameful. Batman comes up with a plan to thaw out Gotham using the telescopes and satellite and redirect the sunlight from the Congo so Robin and Batgirl have to thaw out the mirrors which they do so by walking on a telescope and use the bat lasers. Batman gets the satellites in position, however has to deal with Freeze and his terrible icy puns. As he knocks Robin and Batgirl to their deaths, luckily they use their bat grapple guns 
to save each other, I then quickly deal with Bane by kicking the pipe of the back of his head. He shrinks back down to a normal person and he just lies there dead. With time running out, Batman fights with Freeze over the telescope controls, finally planting a bat heater on him and knocking him to his death. Luckily he lands on the Freeze gun part to save his life. With that, he redirects the sun's rays to partially thawed Gotham. Just as Freeze blows up the bombs and indeed the telescope, falling to his death. Hmm. So, Batman jumps out of the crumbling building onto the falling telescope, which he rides down surfboard style as the building blows up behind him, saving himself and two useless scientists for the hit the bottom as the telescope blows up. He then picks up Robin and Batgirl on the way back up. With the telescope destroyed and only half the city defrosted, Batgirl uses her hacker skills to use sunlight to heat up the city via the satellites in space. This somehow works and the city is saved. Batman returns to Freeze asking for help from Alfred. He refuses until Batman shows him a video which he somehow recorded while being tied up in the vines upside down much earlier. Of Ivy's confession, she killed Freeze's wife. Luckily Batman saved her, however, so Freeze hands him the cure saying take two of these and call me in the morning. Luckily, he just happened to be carrying the cure around with him. That's very lucky that, isn't it? Hmm. Back at Wayne Manor, Bruce gives Alfred the cure in his IV and instantly he recovers. As back in Arkham, Ivy somehow got out of her fly trap and has to deal with Freeze as his roommate, as her roommate rather. As he comes with a terrible pun, the winter is coming. The next morning, Alfred is up and about. The Bat family all hug and make nice with each other as credits roll with all three running towards us with the bat signal shining behind him into obscurity. So that was Batman and Robin. Even if you take it as a nod to Batman 66, this fails. Robin is truly unlikable. Batman is a lovelorn fool. And what they did to Bane is truly unforgivable. So for killing a franchise, it gets two snow cones out of ten. It even fails as a good bad movie. So don't forget to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already to my SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my franchise podcasts of Mad Max, American Pie. Star Wars, Resident Evil, Psycho, and many more. Also my solo podcast of Batman Returns, Aliens, Doctor Who Movie, and many, many more. September is Hannibal Lecter, October is Halloween, my look at the first three Hellraiser movies, November is bad video game movies such as Mario Bros and Tomb Raider, December is Festive Funnies, and January is John Comptor movies such as The Fog. A bye, and tune in next week, same bad time, same bad channel. A bye bye.